Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim continues his message entitled, If You Want to Be Fruitful, from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 2 through 7. Both in the Bible and in life, we find examples of people we want to follow. Who doesn't want to be as courageous as Daniel, or as skilled as David, or as persuasive as D.L. Moody? Paul shares some easy-to-relate-to people for Timothy to emulate as he looks to be more fruitful in his ministry. Here's Pastor Tim. There's a duty to do if you want to be fruitful. There's a price to pay if you want to be fruitful. Thirdly, there are models to mimic if you want to be fruitful. There are. I mean, he starts us off already in this passage, or at least in the, in the chapter beforehand, remember? And he gives himself as a model to Timothy. You know, he says, Timothy, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of my chain. And he says, I'm not ashamed. And then he says, Onesiphorus, he's not ashamed. And so he begins to build these people as individuals that Timothy knows and says, look at this person, look at this person. They are models that you can follow. What he gives us in this passage are not people by name, but people by occupation, people by activity, what it is that they do. He's already given us sort of this good soldier of Jesus Christ in verse number three, but he expands on that in verse number four. So I'd say the first model that he gives to Timothy is that of the combatant. The combatant, the the soldier, the one who is engaged in warfare. That's how he begins in verse number 4. He says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. In ministry, know that you are entangled or that you are engaged in warfare. What are you in warfare over? It's the battle for souls. It's the battle for souls of boys and girls. It's the battle of souls for men and women. It's the battle of souls for people who are just like you. It's the battle for souls for people who are vastly different than you are. Who do you battle? It's some kind of war. Who are you at war with? <laughs> You're at war with the one enemy, right? Listen, you might not always get along with the people that is in your church family, but there's not one person in here that's your enemy. You have an enemy. His name is Satan. And you'll go to war with him. He wants that soul sometimes more than we do, but he doesn't want it more then Jesus wants it. Jesus is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants every man, every woman, every boy, every girl to be saved. And we're on the front lines. You're going to do battle against Satan. You're also going to do battle against society. The Bible says that the devil is the God of this world, the God of this age, He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the one who is in dominion at this point, isn't he? He's in charge of society is what that means. 
social ways and social tendencies are never going to fall in line with the church. They're always going to fall in line with the enemy. Always, and you're going to battle it. I mean, you just think about it with your children and your grandchildren. How you have to fight the things that, you know, Disney Channel seems so innocent. It's a, it's a whole channel dedicated to children. Not in a godly fashion. Where do, where do children today get the idea that homosexuality is just a, just a normal part of life? They get it first from television. They get it second from school. You are a combatant. Nobody wants to see a soldier who is unfaithful. No one wants to see a soldier who is unfruitful. And so what he tells Timothy is, as you are engaged in this warfare, then do not be entangled with the affairs of this life. Understand the differences between what God's doing in this world and what the world's trying to do through you, for you, to you. Don't get entangled in that. What's that soldier's, what's that soldier's goal in this verse? It's that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier to please the Lord. Listen, in all of your ministry, and all of your doing. You serve an audience of one. Just an audience of one. If God is happy and God is pleased with what you do, it doesn't really matter what everybody else evaluates that at. You seek to please Him. And the church or your ministry group is going to be better off for it. You need a model? Somebody to mimic? Somebody to imitate? Well, look at the combatant. Look at the soldier. Secondly, look at the competitor. Look at the athlete. That's who he mentions in verse number five. He says, and also. So what he's telling me there is, now here's a second example that's just like the first. In the same way that you need to be like a good soldier, be like a good athlete. So he says this, and also. If anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. We're not an end that justifies the means kind of religion, if I can use that word that way. The ends don't justify our means. We're not able to do the wrong thing the wrong way at the wrong time and expect good results, to expect God's blessings. In other words, we, we, we may come up with an idea about what, what good ministry might be like and let's just run out there and do it. We've not taken time to, to hear God's heart on that matter, to know exactly what He's leading. I just have an idea and I'm going to run with it. And so I want God's blessing, God's stamp of approval, His good housekeeping stamp of approval on that ministry. Doesn't work that way, does it? Competing according to the rules as far as we're concerned is... I want to do what God says to do, when God says to do it, the way God says to do it. And with a right heart attitude in the midst of all that. That's what I'm looking for. That's what he's looking for. 
anyone who is competing. What are we competing for? Listen, he said, and also, right? So you're going back to the very same things that we just talked about. What are you competing for? A crown? No. You're competing for the souls of men and women and boys and girls. Who are you competing against? The same one that the soldier's fighting against. You're competing against Satan. You're competing against society. Okay? And then he says this in verse number six. He gives you a third model. There's the combatant. There's the competitor. And then there's the cultivator. The cultivator is the farmer. He says the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. One of the issues that we bypass in this verse, and we we bypass it oftentimes when we begin to think about ministry, is that he's a hard-working farmer. You know, the the joke is, especially for preachers, I don't know, maybe it's not a joke, they only work one day a week, (laughs) right? Anytime anybody says that to me, I say, yeah, and then you say, I work too long (laughs) when I do work, you know? It's not that you're to work one day a week. It's not that you're to give God a token when it comes to ministry. It doesn't matter if you're the professional pastor or if God has given you a ministry like a Sunday school class, like a, like a deacon list, like a, 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 a music, musical ability. Whatever it is that God's given to you to minister to through the church He's equipped you fully, but at the same time, he expects you to work hard at that. I don't think there's a whole lot much worse than a lazy preacher, you know? It ought to be hard work. It's hard work against the enemies that we have, but it's hard work just doing what God's called you to do. There's always a reason to stop. There's always a desire in your flesh to stop. We don't serve our flesh. Sacrifice our flesh to the Spirit and allow our spirit in coordination with the Spirit of God to do what He's called us to do. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. We're staying in line then with what we've been talking about in verses 4 and verse number 5. That means that the hardworking farmer, the cultivator, what's he cultivating? He's cultivating the soil so that those good seeds might grow up, right? He's cultivating for souls. He's cultivating so that those in in, in the next generation, those even in this generation might be saved and might be discipled. That's what he's talking about. Now, look at this final verse in verse number 7. So you've come to a point, you've looked through these verses, verses 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. You've noticed and you've you've checked off. There's a duty to do. Check. I'm on board. I'm going to do it. Check. I'll do it. There's a price to pay. That's okay. I'm willing to pay it. There's a model to mimic. All right. Well, I'm going to model myself after so-and-so. Fill in the blank, you know. Now look at verse 7. Paul says, Timothy, consider what I say. Ponder on it. 
Dwell on it. Think about it all the time. You, you chew on this and digest it. Don't just let it be one of those messages that, you know, that Paul gives to Timothy and says, Timothy, all right now, you need to do a good job. You need to work hard for this generation, but you also need to prepare for the next generation. All right, hoorah, let's go. Consider this. Contemplate it. Make sure that you really are willing to pay that price. What did Jesus say? The, The man begins by building the house and then he can't finish it. Because he didn't count the cost, count the cost at the beginning. Consider what I say. And may the Lord give you understanding in all these things. He'll give you wisdom. There there are people I see in the scriptures. I want to be like them, you know. I want to be courageous like Daniel. I want to be wise like Solomon. I want to be skilled like David. I want to be, you know, look through his... I want to be persuasive like D.L. Moody. I, I, I want to be as, as, as thorough as Billy Graham. The reality is, is that I just want to be like Jesus. If you'll take that to heart, and you'll consider what he's saying, you'll give it then everything that he's given you to give. I think you'll be fruitful in the ministry that God's given to you. Why don't we take a minute tonight and just pray through that. Let's be real specific. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. So first, as you get ready to pray, you've got to be able to identify that, don't you? All right, so let me ask it to you this way. What is the ministry that God has equipped you and given you opportunity to do? What is it? I remember when we first started going on mission trips and we'd take our We took our children with us. I remember Juliana's very first mission trip. But telling her, Juliana, you're not not going as a freeloader. You got a job to do. What's your job? Her job on that mission trip was to make friends. Maybe your ministry is as simple as making friends intentionally. What is your ministry? Would you first ask God to help you to be faithful in it? To give you such an understanding of where that puzzle piece fits that it becomes for you the most important puzzle piece in the whole puzzle. To that, we'll be faithful. Would you ask him to help you? Then would you ask him to help you to be fruitful? I remember when I first came to Brit David, Mac told me then, and he's told me years and years and years since, 
I'm praying that God gives you souls for your ministry. Would you pray that for yourself? That God would give you souls. Father, we want to see this generation one to Jesus. We want to see the next generation one to Jesus. We don't want to see the wasted years that many of us have spent. We want them to know from an early age who you are and how to live life in light of who you are and of whose they are. Father, I pray that you'd help us today to be fruitful in every good work. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, tonight, maybe what you want to do is just kind of give that ministry back to the Lord. It's, you know, it's His. If you want to do that, you want to come to the altar and just spend some time praying through what God's given you to do, do it. If you come to a point of saying, you know what, I think I'm just going to pray that God opens up something for me to do. Maybe you want to come to the altar and do that too. If I can help you, though, I want to, okay? So let's stand together. Let Sean lead us as we sing, as we pray, as we do what God's calling on us. This year, at Britt David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BrittDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast. <laughs>